Uh, if you have a Bible uh, in some form, would you turn to a very famous verse? Is Romans three twenty-three? I, th- I think this is. I just want to share what's on my heart, really. And actually, it's funny. I found we had, you know, we had Julie and Cathy with us for all of February, and I found God. You know, I, I try and speak about twice a month, and other people come in. Obviously, I didn't get my slots, but God keeps speaking to me for us. So I feel like I have a backlog of things to say. And then we've been needing to just share our vision a little bit more clearly over the last couple of weeks. So I'm feeling like I have some things to unpack. I think this might take, take a couple of weeks to do this. So we'll just see, see how we go. And just before we dive into that, I wanted to... I just was driving in this morning. I just thought, you know, it's really important that I'm so glad that we're singing these songs about the resurrection uh, and, and the victory that Jesus had over Satan. And, and that, that's a done deal. And I really dislike thinking or theology or teaching that... Re- or even behavior amongst us as believers that starts to re-empower a disempowered devil. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm just want to speak this in this one. I, I'm just coming across it sometimes, just too aware of what the devil's doing. Now, I know that the Bible says we're not unaware of the enemy's schemes, but that doesn't mean we're supposed to look at them all the time. And what he loves is attention. And I'm not planning on giving him any, other than to say, let's not give, give him any. So if you're thinking, oh, the devil's after me all the time, or you're super aware of what he's doing, I would like to encourage you to redirect your gaze to the resurrected Jesus, who has defeated and disarmed the devil. He loves to cheat, he loves to lie, he loves to puff himself up and look like he's big. He loves to get people to think they're really spiritual because they can, they're super aware of him. All that is just feeding his desire to be big in your eyes where actually we should see him as small, broken, and defeated. Yeah. doesn't mean he can't do things, but what he wants to do is become large to us and inject fear into our lives, and we don't need that, and we don't do that, and we shouldn't do that. So let's not behave in a way that is re-empowering a devil who's disempowered. Yeah. All right? Don't keep looking, because actually the thing you look at is what you become most aware of and ultimately <laughs> shapes your life. And we just need to keep filling our gaze with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the glory of God, the resurrection, and all those wonderful truths that keep setting us free. Uh, and this, this kind of links into what I want to, want to talk about, really. So, you found Romans 3.23? Some of you are going to know this off by heart. If you don't know off by heart, it's a really good time to learn. It says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it goes on to say, and are now, we're now freely justified by His grace. But I just want to, that's kind of my jumping off point. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What a statement. It, it's, it, a fair reading of that, it's impossible to say that sin is simply moral decay. And that's how I was 
taught it as a young Christian is all of sin. So we've all slipped up. We've all, we were born in sin and we've all then done things that are morally wrong. We've behaved sinfully, all right? And so we've fallen short of the glory of God. And the, and, and, and the definition there is like an arrow being shot at a target and it misses a target. My life has missed the target. I am I am a sinner because not because I sin, but because that's the nature that I was born with, because I was born in Adam, the one who fell. Yeah? Now all that's true, but it's not the whole truth. This verse is not just about moral failure, it's about loss of glory. That's what it says. It says all have sinned and fallen short of some incredible standard. They've fallen short of the glory of God. And, and just to say that that, mean, that, that only means my, my morality needs to be cleaned up is to only get a very small part of what the glory of God looks like. So God is perfect and holy in all his ways. Absolutely, that is true. But that's not the only aspect of his glory that we've fallen short of. And, and, and the goal, when Jesus came, he, he was to lift us out of missing the mark to a place of hitting the mark. <clears throat> and it's really important that we understand who we are. Yeah. Who you think, who I think I am when I kind of get out of bed in the morning and my head starts to clear, who I kind of tune into, who I think I am right on the inside, my inner set of beliefs and agreements actually shape the way that I do life, the way I look at the world. It shapes the way, it shapes what I believe I am. It also shapes the way I believe what I could become or what I could do. Now, Jesus, Jesus had a really, really strong sense of, of his, his identity. And he said things that if, he, if you didn't know it was Jesus, all right, so say there was this random guy we invite in to speak, but secretly it was Jesus. But we didn't tell you, and probably we didn't know, but he kind of snuck in. Just a pre, before his second coming, it was just a bit of a free sample. He showed up in Hope Church physically to preach. And, and, and we didn't know it was him. So you have this random guy, maybe with a beard, I don't know how he would look. But you didn't know it was Jesus. And he stands up to preach. And he says something like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Some in the back of me going, that's a bit arrogant preacher this week, is it? No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the resurrection and the life. You're like, get him off. Who does he think he is? He knows who he is. That's the problem. He stood opposite the grave of Lazarus. Interesting his response to the, the crying and the conversations with the two sisters 
and they were like, Lord, we knew if you were here, you could, you could have saved him. And yeah, we know he'll rise at the, at the last day. You know, they're saying, well, we believe in resurrection. Like, and they were like lots of us, they were putting all the good stuff into the future. Yeah, we believe in resurrection, but it's going to be at the end because that kind of that, that removes any responsibility from us believing for it now. Because it's in the end, and probably that would be when we're... So it would be someone else's problem to believe for that stuff. Huh. Jesus says a really wacky thing. He says, he doesn't say, oh, I'm going to raise her up, I'm going to pray a really powerful prayer. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. You're like, get you. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast? What was in your coffee? So he released who he was, and you know, every funeral he went to, he spoiled it. <laughs> Why? Because he was resurrection. He was going to be resurrected, but because he, he, he was resurrection. He's not like, I'm not trying to have a resurrection. He just is. I'm not trying to give you life. I am life. Not one day I'm going to be the way. I am the way. What do you, what do you believe about you? What, who do you think you are, for goodness sake? And all kinds of things can mess with who we think we are. And, and sometimes knock us off course. And, but I believe God's goal is to restore us to the glory That he originally intended. Are you ready to go on a bit of a Bible journey with me? Because this is incredible. This is really amazing. So all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this whole idea of, of glory is much bigger. I want to unpack that in a minute. What, what some of the Bible... What does it tell us about the glory of God? What is it? And it's more than moral excellence. But let's just go right back. Let's go kind of wind it right back to Genesis 1.26 where God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. The image and likeness of God. So that's God's original plan for you and me is that we're made in his image, in, the, in his image and likeness. And that is, sometimes we've kind of narrowed that down just to being a physical representation in the physical realm of what God might look like I don't know because the Bible talks about God has eyes and the hand of the Lord and but it means more than that to represent God to be in his image is more than just God may have some kind of likeness like you that's not what this is about is representing his nature to nature he delegated the responsibility of being him to you, back in that garden. So let's do this again. He created us in his image and delegated the responsibility of displaying him to the creation that he had made. Yeah? yeah? So it's like, I'm amazing, I'm glorious, I'm God, and I made all this beautiful space for you. Now I've made you like me so you can be me to this. I'm, I'm delegating it to you. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. I, I'm actually giving you, I'm giving me away to the planet by giving them you. 
Wow. And when Paul says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that's, that's what got lost. But that was, that was the standard. That was the plan and the, and the intention. And, and Psalm, I love Psalm 8, says this, that what is man or mankind that you're mindful of them, the human beings that you care about them, You've made them a little lower than the angels, but you've crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands and you put everything under their feet. That's a reference to what we just read. God's intention was that we rule over the planet displaying the glory and honor that God has put on us, displaying and releasing and being his image, his, his very essence on the earth. Wow. Wow. Just saying, I'm excited about that idea. And if we took kind of journey into Hebrews, listen to what it says about Jesus. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says that the Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. The Son is the image of God. Any, any echoes? You notice any connection? The Son came to do what the sons didn't do. Same, it's the same idea. He, the, the Son, Jesus, was the image of the invisible God. He was the image, but that's the same language as in Genesis 1 that mankind was made in the image. Man and woman was to be the image of God to the planet. There was a fall, there was a mistake, there was a loss in the garden, the fruit was eaten, and something got lost. So God sends the Son with the same plan. To restore the sons to the same plan. Now, I don't think God did it like this, but just imagine that there was a mold, there was a biscuit mold, there was a cookie cutter in heaven. He used the same one for you as he used for Jesus. He made us in his image. He made him in his image. We kind of dropped the ball. But that original intention has never gone away. And that original design has never disappeared. It just got spoiled. Try talking to these people. (laughs) So when he made you, he said, I am making people that display me. That was the original plan. And then when he made Jesus, he used the same thing. He said, I'm going to make a man to display me. Yeah, they're doing better. I quite like that idea. The same creative mold that Jesus was birthed from was the one that you were created from. The same creative impulse, the same purpose, the same design was put in you as was put in him. 
Remember, it's really important to know who you are. At this point, if you buy into that you evolved from a monkey, your aspirations about what you can do and what you will become are extremely limited. If you believe that you were made in the image of God, opens up a whole other world of possibilities, a whole other way of seeing life, a whole other level of dignity. The sons and the son was made from the same template in heaven. Same intention, same plan, same design. Now, right, our, our bit of it, the reason he came is because when we got it, it got broken. That's why it says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the intention was the glory of God be displayed through the likes of us. And when Jesus comes, the intention isn't just that everybody goes, wow, Jesus, you're so amazing, but the rest of us stay rubbish. His intention was to recover his original image in the people in the planet so that the planet could be filled with the the same intention. Lots of sons and daughters that look and represent heaven. It was to restore the template, to restore the image for everybody. And Jesus is the first example of the restored man. That means, I don't know what number on, you know, but we are in the same image, now restored to the same standard as Jesus. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but there's a heck of a lot in the Bible about how what's happened now is to bring us into a place where he shared his glory with us. I know in Isaiah it says he doesn't share his glory with another, but we're not another. In John 17 it says that he shares his glory with us. So the sons get to share in the glory. We're not just anybody. We're sons. We're friends. We're offspring of the Most High. Go sip your water. Hey, we're doing really well. You're getting this. Except I don't know when I started. So, We need to talk about glory. Otherwise, what is glory? We like to talk about glory. Some people talk about the glory all the time. and I I love the glory. Now, but what is glory? The glory of God is multifaceted. Which is why when it says we've fallen short of the glory, just to think of moral excellence is not enough. It's actually shrinking God just to being holy, but actually he's more than holy. A lot more than holy. I'll just give you some things that the Bible refers to the glory of God. There is glory in moral excellence. But it's also... His glory is reflected. The beauty of the Creator is reflected 
in the creation. So, like Psalm 19 talks about, the glory of the Lord is displayed in the heavens. That doesn't mean like the invisible heavens, it means like the stars and the sky and the... The heavens declare the glory of God. Right there. You may think it's raining again on a bank holiday weekend in Glasgow. God says, I'm showing you some of my glory. We just get the damp kind of glory. Other places get the hot kind of glory. But it's all the glory. Thank you, Lord. Call me to wet glory. It also refers to, there's lots of places you can find this, the dazzling display, the brilliant brightness, the, you know, the robe filling the temple in Isaiah. The glory of God is something visible and shining. Or the shining on Moses' face when he'd been with God in, in, in 2 Corinthians 3. It talks about that. That, that he's literally, he was shining with glory. It says the new covenant, we're going to, we're going to come to this maybe next week, but the new covenant has greater glory than that. And Moses used to hang out with God in his presence under the old covenant and come out literally shining. His face would shine with the glory. Ha. Displays of miracle power are described as a way that Jesus displayed his glory in, in John 2, 2.11, he just turned the water into wine and it says, and so he began to display or, or show his glory. Miracles are displays of glory. Healing is a display of glory. Basically, the goodness of God, however it happens, is the glory of God as well. So Moses, in, in one of his interactions with the Father, is saying, oh, I just... I mean, it's incredible when you read that. It's actually already said in the text that God spoke to Moses face to face. And then he says, I want to see your face. Show me your glory. And then God says, you can't see my face. I'll show you my backside. Just go read it. That's what it says. And then he says, I want to see your glory. So he says... All my goodness is going to pass before you. It's worth reading that passage. I'm still confused. Maybe you could read it and explain it to me. He's already said he's seeing him face to face. And he says, you can't see my face. I'll show my back. I'm like, okay. It's the Bible. It's true. It's intention. But he says, I'm going to show you my glory. So he brings all his goodness out and shows it to him. So God's goodness is his glory. The shining Shekinah, it's actually not a Bible word, but it gets used. It's this shining brilliance is the glory. The heavens, creation, is the glory. God's holiness is his glory. The weight of his presence is the glory. The actual word glory glory in Hebrew is kabod, which is to do with weight. And, and when, the, when the glory leaves the temple, it, the temple becomes Ichabod. It's not just the shining that goes, it's the weight of presence that goes. And it's interesting that when the presence comes, the, in the old covenant the presence comes, they can't minister. Because it's just like, they're just whacked out. 
That's why when people met Jesus and he says, yeah, I am here, they, all, you know, they come to arrest him and they all fall down. It's like, what happened then? They just got hit with glory. And Jesus carried glory. He couldn't always see the manifest glory, but he took his disciples with him on a hill, three of them on a hillside one day. And, and, and just, I think, I think he was going for his time with Heavenly Father. Like, you know, often Jesus went away on a hillside to pray. He stayed behind. And that's all it says. We don't know what it looked like. This is an account. He takes three with him, spend time with dad. And what happens is he becomes like white as lightning. And Moses and Elijah show up for a chat. <laughs> and Heavenly Father shows up in a cloud. I think that was kind of regular quiet time for Jesus. <laughs> so they saw his glory. They saw his manifest glory. Are you getting the picture? So it's his goodness. It's displayed in his holiness. It's displayed in, in, in visible shining. It's displayed in miracles. Like This is the glory that we fell short of. This is the glory that Jesus came to recover and display. Because he... Displayed the good, he displayed the glory of God in all of those ways. Even when he displays his command over creation, he's displaying the glory of God. Because the one who made it is the one who can command it. Are you with me? Are you? So remember, we, we were made from the same template kind of got a bit broken then Jesus comes to restore us all back to the original design to display the glory as we've just defined it hey you get to shine you get to do you were designed to do this originally sure Some of you thinking, well, I don't know about that. Well, I'm going to read you another Bible verse. 1 Corinthians 15, it's talking about the resurrection. Verse 49, I'm going to read the Amplified because this, this is really helpful. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, referring to Adam in his fall, we ended up, we ended up being very earthly. So shall we, and so let us now, Bear the image of the man of heaven. Oh, so like that. There's two ways of interpreting that last section. But many of the early church fathers and original manuscripts say, actually, now we display the image of the man of heaven. We've spent a long time displaying earthliness. Now we bear the image of Christ. Remember, same template, same cookie cutter. So it actually... The resurrection... 
has brought us to a place of being made new. We've been born again. We've, been, we've become new creatures, new creations, in order to display the full glory of God as he intended it to be. To do again and be again what Jesus was physically, we are now physically. In fact, in, in, it's one, no, it's not one John. It's one of the John letters. Actually says, as he is, like, not as he was, as he is, so are we in the world. So, so how, how, how's Jesus doing now? He's not in a physical, well, he's still in a physical body, but he's in a glorified physical body. All right, so Jesus isn't a disembodied spirit. He has a new body, but he's not walking around in it on planet Earth, right? What's he doing? He's kind of hanging out in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, being glorious, yeah? And John says, as he is, so are we in this world. So I've spent my life going, wow, I'd just like to be, be like Jesus was. You know, you read, you read the Gospels, you think, whew, that's amazing. And I'm called to be conformed to his image. Whoa, how did he do that? Where did he get that wisdom? How did he raise that person from the dead? And then, then we go like, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of all first level stuff. Trying to lift the standard here because what we believe about who we really are is going to affect what we do. It's going to affect what we believe we can do. It's going to believe what we believe, believe about who we can become. We're created to display and carry the glory of God in all its dimensions. Isn't that exciting? You're a new creature. You're a new, never be fat before found creature in Christ. The only one like you, the prototype was Jesus. So that means that we can now live out the glory of God in lives of moral excellence. We can display his beauty and creativity. Do you know, the, if someone ripped every page of the Bible out and burned them all apart from the first page, what would you know about God? If you only had the first verse of the Bible, what would you know about God? You'd know that he's a creator. Isn't that amazing? He introduces himself as creator. You know what? I'm, it's time to stop saying I'm not a creative type. <laughs> Who gave you permission to say that? What does that mean? I would not even get into a school of fine art, let alone graduate. I plateaued at stickmen. That doesn't mean I'm not creative. You can't box creativity into, I can't draw. 
If you, this is part of bearing the image of God. We are creative. We have creative ideas. We have creative solutions. We, we imagine things. I mean, we have this incredible ability to live and imagine. We have the ability to receive Heavenly Father's creative downloads. Nobody, nobody on the planet can say they're not creative because God's, the first thing we know about him is creative and he made us in his image. So I just want to hit that lie right on the head. I recommend you do the same. We're, we're displaying his glory through lives of moral excellence. We're displaying his beauty and creativity. We are people who give away and manifest his goodness. We're all made to display miracle power. Now, well, I, I don't do that, you know. I'm, I'm more pastoral. I've noticed that some people really love Danny Silk and Culture of Honor, but try and help them get into healings and miracles. And they're like, well, that's for other people. No, no, it's all for all of us. Because we're all to carry all the glory. Now, some will excel in some elements, but see, this is about... If you believe you are creative you will expect to create. Yeah? Because what you believe about you shapes what you do and what you expect to do. If you believe that you're not that glorious and miracles are for everybody else, you will not aspire to do them because they make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah? But if you feel uncomfortable about doing miracles, it's actually because you're believing a lie about who you really are. You're created for this stuff. But do you see what I'm saying? It's what do you believe about you? If you believe that isn't me, if you believe it's not for you, it's because, or I believe it's not for me, it's because I'm believing something that isn't true about who God's made me to be. And I found the more I believe that God's made me to be a miracle worker and a healer, the more people get healed. I just know that this is what I'm called to do because I'm being like him. There are times when it's really uncomfortable, times when I don't understand it, times when it doesn't work, but I'm fundamentally aligned with the truth that I'm created to heal and do miracles amongst many other things because I'm a carrier and displayer of his glory. And I want to love people. And, and yeah? What are you believing? What are you really believing about you? is often reflected in what you are willing to go after and do. And what I believe God wants to do with us is to lift up the standard of who we were all designed to be. That the cross and the resurrection ended the falling short of the glory of God and restored the true standard, which is we're all made in his image to display his glory in all its aspects, 
wherever we go. So we carry his presence. We release miracles. We have lives of moral excellence. We rejoice in creation. We are creative. All those things are true of all of us. Sometimes in different measures, different balance. But we can't rule ourselves out because we're made in the same template as him. That's our st- it's okay to stand up on the inside and say, wow, I am carrying the image of God. You know how the planet is going to see Jesus? Primarily is when they see you and me. Just going just gonna to close this bit and we'll... Next week, I'm just going to next week going to come on to... Rest- what is your inner playlist... You know, I don't know what I don't know what's on your iPod or your iPad or your whatever you're downloading. You know, people have playlists, but we've all got an inner playlist. What's and and some of us have a few favourite tunes that we play a lot. And I just wonder how how much of my inner playlist is resonating and harmonising with heaven's playlist. How much of my inner playlist is truly the playlist I was designed to sing? And how much of it is just reflected by earth, where I'm actually a citizen of heaven. I've been born from above. It's just because we were born on earth, and then later we got born from above, sometimes we struggle to escape our earthliness. So even now, you're listening to me and some of the things I'm saying, you're disputing. But the reason you're disputing it is because you have a history of earth and I'm explaining to you what heaven has invaded you to become. And so what happens inside of us, you're like, well, that can't be true for me because of this in my life. Well, that can't be true for me. I'm not made like that. But actually, this is, this is the truth. When you're born again, you're made to be like Jesus. He's a model of you. You can do and be what he was because you, you, you are made from the same mold. In essence, in being, you are Jesus walking to the world. I said it. I'll leave you one more thing to think about. You know when Jesus was transfigured before them? So, right, he goes up the hill and, and God parks his cloud. Elijah and Moses come for a chat. Jesus looks so white, you know, his clothes are shining. And there's Peter, James, and John, and they think, wow, awesome. Let's build a, a, a tabernacle. Let's build some huts. That story. It says that he was transfigured before them. 
That means that, literally, it's where we get our word metamorphosis from. So, you know, when you get the chrysalis and, and the caterpillar goes into chrysalis, then becomes a beautiful butterfly. We call that metamorphosis. And what's happening is in that process is, is the inner reality, the inner beauty that is hidden becomes revealed. Yeah? Becomes released. That's what metamorphosis is. That's what transfiguration is. Jesus isn't becoming glorious, he's releasing the gloriousness in him. That's transfiguration. Look happy about that because it's going to get better. That's transfiguration. Right, the same word, transfiguration, is translated transform in two places in the New Testament when it talks about you and me. It says we're all transformed into his likeness as we behold his glory. We're all changed or transformed from one degree of glory to another. And in Romans 12, that's, that's, that's 2 Corinthians 3.18. And in Romans 12, it says that we are transformed through the renewal of our mind. Both of those mean the same thing. We are transfigured. Our inner glory is being released as we behold his glory and as our minds are renewed. What he's put in us already is bursting out of us just like it burst out of him on the Mount of Transfiguration. Hey! (laughs) You're not becoming something you aren't, you're releasing something that's in you that you already are. One day I'll be a butterfly. On the inside, you already are. One day I'll be glorious. On the inside, you already are. One day I'm going to raise the dead. On the inside, you're already resurrection life. One day I'm going to heal the sick. On the inside, you're already healing and power and anointing. One day I'll get demons cast out. You're already a demon destroyer on the inside of you. Because Jesus is alive in you. Christ is in you. Remember this verse? This is where we'll go next week. Christ is in you. The hope of... Let's stand. You just want to put your hand on your heart. I'm going to pray over us for a release of gloriousness this week. Because Jesus has been born in your heart and he wants out. (laughs) You got born again and it's time to let him out. You got made to be glorious. So, Father, we want to be transfigured before this world. Father, we want to be transfigured before our children. We want to be transfigured in our workplace. We want to be transfigured with our our wives and and our husbands. We want to be transfigured at university. We want to be transfigured. We want to to display the glory that's in us that you created us originally to carry. 
We want to release it. We want to be it. We want to, we want to release goodness over people. We want to release creativity of heaven to people. We want to release health and healing to people. We want to count ourselves in to the miraculous realm. We want to count ourselves in to heaven's realm. We want to count us in to the glory realm because you made us from that place and you made us for that place. So, Father, thank you. You made me to carry your image. Thank you. You made me for glory. Thank you, you've made me glorious. I love you. I think you're amazing. And I'm even more astounded of what you've done in me. <clears throat> Can we just pray that out together? This, let's just pray out. This week, will you transfigure me? Let's just pray that out. This week, transfigure me. Display glory through me. Release glory out of me. Just pray that. Put it in your own words. Help me remember who I really am. I pray that one. God, help me remember. Show me who I really am. Connect me to my true identity.